0: Welcome to Radio Survivor. We're here for the love of radio and sound. I'm Jennifer Waits.
1: Hi, I'm Matthew Lassar. Hello, I'm Eric Klein. And I'm Paul Reismandel.
0: On today's show, we are talking about an effort to archive materials related to amateur radio. DLARC, or the Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications, is a project of the Internet Archive and includes a range of materials, including magazines, ham radio newsletters, podcasts, and even discussion forums. Curator Kay Savitz joins us on Radio Survivor to talk about not only the archive, but also how you can contribute. Kay, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Survivor.
2: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So let's start and just a Quick overview, what is the Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications? It's a mouthful. DLARC.
2: Yes, DLARC. <laughs> DLARC is a, is a project of the Internet Archive, um, and its project, its goal is to uh, make a uh, the ultimate online library having to do with uh, ham radio, shortwave, uh, pirate radio, anything and everything that has to do with non-commercial radio. Um, as radio has been around for more than a hundred years, there's been a, a very long history of experimenting and and people creating things uh, on both, you know, on the, the the experimental hobbyist level as well as, of course, you know, people doing commercial radio. And so we're trying to gather up as much of this information as we can and and make it available to the world.
0: As you're describing that history, I'm I'm doing a lot of research into the early history of college radio, and I've been struck by these definitions really blurring in those early days so I appreciate that you're describing it that way about experimentation uh, you know can you mayb- can you maybe talk about some of the earliest material in there especially since that's a passion of mine
2: <laughs> sure um, absolutely uh, some of the earliest material let's see uh, we, we have <laughs> I have this 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 one journal. In here, um, that's from like the 1920s, and it's called something like the the, the Journal of uh, of Aviation and Radio, and it's just like, well, here's these two hot new technologies. Let's put them both in the same <laughs> publication, and and so uh, so that's kind of neat. Um, there, we have all sorts of old books uh, about how radio works um how to build your own radio sets and that sort of thing um and it back, back in those days in, in the 19 early 1900s um everyone was a radio experimenter if if you if you were a you know what would you now call a, a geek or a stem kid or or whatever the the, the way to do that was to Build a radio. That's how everybody got started. That was the most high tech thing that you could do. Uh, and if you w- wanted to, it, pretty much anyone could get on the air by you know building a little little radio with with some some parts that they they scavenged. And and so these these old very old books kind of show how to do that and how how radio waves work and and you know propagation and all that. And and much of it is still. 100% relevant and accurate today because radio is radio. Of course, we figured out more and we can do more things with now, but there's nothing inaccurate. Well, backwards I mean, there's compatible. there's some inaccurate, but yeah, yeah, but sure. Backwards compatible. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And what's, so what's the narrowest definition of amateur radio? Because, I mean, sometimes I hear it applied to anything that's not professional, but I don't, like as a radio person that's not my definition of amateur radio it's more specific than that so maybe help school us if some people aren't aware well, of the uh,
2: amateur sure i'm sorry didn't mean to interrupt that's um, okay amateur radio or is often called ham radio and it is a special license that you can get after taking a test and it lets you use certain frequencies to talk to your Your community, uh, uh, or or to the world, Um, so it's you know you get this license from the from in the United States. It's from the FCC, and then um, you it's a it's a it's a license to experiment with radio. And at the at the most basic level, you get a little you know two meter handy talky handheld, and and you can talk to people in your community, or you can build or get a high frequency radio, and all of a sudden you're putting out. Hundred watts on eighty meters, and you're talking to someone across the globe. Um, so I mean, that is that is what amateur radio is. There's rules about what you can and can't do. You know, you, you can't broadcast music. You can't uh, you can't broadcast at all. It's it's meant for person to person communication, um, and it really is a a, a license to experiment. Um, there's people creating all sorts of. I mean, it, the most the most basic. Amateur radio thing is Morse code. You right? just get out there and you're sending out bits and does and and uh, and and people still do that. And of course, there's voice communications. And and but today, there's people creating all sorts of new uh, high-tech digital modes and and talking to one another using FT8 and, and other other new modes that that allow people to uh, connect their radios to their computers and and talk uh, to other people other you know other other machines
0: can you explain that more what's ft8 uh
2: no i probably can't explain it well <laughs> <laughs> um uh ft8 is a frequency shift keying digital mode of radio communication by used by amateur radio operators worldwide that's straight from wikipedia um <laughs> uh it it is a it's a digital mode that that is uh very good for for weak signal Communications. Um, I mean, if if it's just you're listening to a frequency and it's just all noise and there's all sorts of it's just a noisy, unlistenable station. FT8 can probably get your message through. It's not fast. Uh, it is for sending very short messages, like yeah, I I could hear your signal and you know, but the uh, very very short little burst, But it gets through um, noise if it's a it's if it's a not a good radio day so um,
3: it's It's like a text message that you can send over the radio mm-hmm.
2: ah. absolutely yeah yeah and there's other versions of text messaging over the radio uh but that's that's one that's a, yeah. it's the, the new hotness
3: which is exciting because it's i'm trying to think always of ways to justify this ex, the existence of this stuff to to cynical children who might be listening mm-hmm. uh, who, who maybe are in my own mind uh straw men hmm. straw men cynical children in my own mind that like it's very exciting to think that you can send a text message to another individual somewhere else in your uh, general region or vicinity uh, without using a, one of the services that the corporations currently own and operate. Oh, absolutely. Right. There's
2: another uh, system called APRS, uh, Amateur, Automatic Packet Reporting System, and that's another way to to send text messages Um it's it's not just people. to people you can send messages to machines that will then you know send you the weather or mm. or tell you you know information. Um, some of these things are hooked up to the internet. Some of them are separate from the internet. Um, people have have figured out how to connect radios to the internet in many interesting ways. Um, that is intriguing to. People who, who to the digital generation who you know grew up with with the internet there like why why would I play with a radio and talk to why would right. I play with a radio and talk to an old guy you know in, in you know a, hundred, a thousand miles away uh, you know about the weather in Tuscaloosa I it's not just that it, yeah, there's, some, I mean, there's some really cool stuff happening and it,
3: it's about building skills and having a robust uh a, you know a backup network and something you can use in in an emergency or if uh, if you forgot to pay your bills. You, mm-hmm. still have, uh, you still have you still have a, you know, I I once uh, I met some people that ran two different thrift stores in the Portland metro area that were a, a few miles apart. And they asked me once, like, how would we communicate with each other? You know, without, you know, they were basically asking me for this technology, like what kind of radio could we use to type short messages to one another to to sort of, you know, to to maintain communication between the two stores?
1: How about you this? Technology is being used right now um, from your vantage point in the various regional wars that are taking place um, around the world. I'm talking about everything from the situation in Gaza, Armenia versus Azerbaijan, um, Kashmir, all of these places. How much of that is going, how much of that is this technology is being availed for those kind of things as far as you can tell?
2: In general, radio can be an excellent way to communicate in an emergency whether that's an earthquake or a war when the infrastructure goes down uh, there's no internet maybe there's no electricity uh, you can still with you know given a battery or whatever you can still get your message through with radio and I believe I know that in conflicts around the world people are using, Portable radios, amateur radios, that sort of thing, to get their messages where they need to be. So- sometimes it's like, oh, you know, it's it's cloud of war r- r- related things. We need to, you know, get these troops over there. And sometimes it's just like, you know, tell mom I'm okay. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm hold up. I'm safe. You know, and uh, both things are completely common and legitimate uses.
4: So, what kind of materials are are you uh, assembling here? Right, I mean, you've you've mentioned some books, uh, and and I you said you mentioned a journal that was, you know, it was both uh, aeronautics and radio put together. <laughs> uh, what, what kind of artifacts do you are do you have there in in the Internet Archive? Um,
2: so th- this pro- First of all, I want to say, I mean, the Internet Archive as a whole is a is a huge. Uh, right. It's a nonprofit. It's been around for more than. 25 years, DLARC is a is but a tiny slice of what Internet Archive does, but it's the part I'm qualified to talk about. Uh, so the the Library of Amateur Radio Communications, uh, we have uh, radio magazines, we have radio books, we have newsletters, a lot of ham radio groups create newsletters. Some have been around for 50, 60, 70, 80 years. Um, we have podcasts, including Radio Survivor. Um, we have discussion lists um, uh, from mailing lists from the 80s and 90s, where people were were on online discussing radio. We've archived uh, a lot of that. Um, presentations, uh, uh, conferences. People, you know, have conferences about various aspects of radio. If they if they record the 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 talks or just the 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 powerpoint presentations keynote slides that sort of thing i uh, i get permission and 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 put as many of those up uh, up as possible some of them are are very general like we're having fun with radio and some of our incredibly specific uh, i've been <laughs> archiving recently a bunch of newsletters and conferences that are exclusively about earth moon earth communications uh, also known as moon bounce and these are people who talk to each other by bouncing their signals off the moon and you need you know big antennas and and specialized equipment, but these guys are dedicated and they're doing it and it's just like so cool. So I don't know I just it seems incredible to me I I keep reading about it I'm just like I it's it just seems like magic.
4: So, using the moon as the satellite, it is right mm-hmm. because satellite communications. Uh, people may not always be aware is you know bouncing signals basically off of a a man made uh, orbiter. And the moon is we did not make it, but it still orbits the Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're so and, and and we're it's not active. It doesn't have power. It doesn't retransmit. But you can just use it as a as an enormous reflector, like it reflects the sun at night. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. so it also can use uh, radio waves and And what kind of I mean, how long has Dlarc been around? How long have you been working on this? I've been working on it
2: for just over a year. It's about thirteen months now. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Internet Archive got a grant from a organization that's very interested in 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 ham radio and and uh, they got a big grant from the amateur Radio Digital Communications Foundation to make this library. And that's what's
4: happening. What, what purposes or goals were in mind in, in, in its creation? Did you did you have a a uh, a remit that that was in addition to you know a purpose for assembling everything? Because it also has to be some of these things have to be digitized, right? So the things that are pre existing print publications. Um, or in possibly I guess some things may exist on tape on, on on audio tape. it all has to be digitized. So what was the what was the purpose what were the goals in mind in creating uh, the digital library of amateur radio communications?
2: Uh, the goals are to to make available the the history of radio and sometimes that means, like I said, books and magazines and newsletters. sometimes that means, uh, personal histories uh whether sometimes uh, personal histories could be you know logbooks uh, pe- you know i some people just keep track of every person they've talked to on the radio uh, or pictures of their their expedi- expedition to some remote island to to go on to, on to the to the radio um, so you know personal histories um and uh um also not just radio, but also some early digital communications. We're getting into doing uh, early, early internet, ARPANET things, people learning to communicate using, using computers. Did that, and, did that answer your question at all? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, well,
4: I kind of, I mean, so, I mean, yes, I mean, I, I get the purpose like in that general sense, but what kind of like specific purposes, like, like who, who would you expect to be using these resources and why would they use them? Why, why would someone want to, look these things up and what to what purpose would they put it do you think or sure. do you know that they do
2: well the, uh, um, the the goal is for this to be used by um, people who are interested in experimenting with radio and, and, and learning uh, about history it's also being used by uh by researchers um, by educators um, and by the, generally the community anybody who needs to know, something about the radio. the the in answer to your question about digitiz- digitization, um, yeah, some of the this stuff is already digitized. that's fine. PDF format slamming up there. super easy for me. Um, a lot of it hasn't been and has has never been in digital format. Uh, and Internet Archive has high speed scanning stations. In various locations around the world, and can digitize this material, make it available. As uh, uh, so you can see, the whole page, but also it's OCR and full text searchable. Um, I, in the last few months, got a hold of somebody who his his dad published a uh, a, a newsletter uh, a, a, a newspaper for. Years had thirty or forty years called Florida Skip, and it was a, a, a newsletter for people in in state of Florida uh, about about radio. And this guy had a full collection of these of his dad's magazines in or newspapers in the attic, and he sent them all to us, and we digitized them all. And now the like the complete run of this magazine is now is now available to the world, and. It's amazing. I mean, it's full text searchable. So anybody, I don't know if you, you can go out there and you can find, you know, that your, your grandma's, you know, ham radio call sign or whatever you search for that and you find, Hey, you know, she was interviewed or, or was doing something interesting a long time ago.
0: It's, you know, I've been digging, I did, I dug a little bit into this collection because it coincides with some of my interest right now. I'm very interested in college radio history, and, and recently I've also been looking at the intersections between amateur radio and radio clubs on campuses and how those incubated college radio broadcast stations, and And I think that's probably maybe what sparked your interest initially in in Radio Survivor, because I think you reached out right after we did an episode related to that, because we haven't had too many episodes where we spoke specifically about amateur radio. So so I'm excited this this material's being put together in a collection because often I find that I'm having to try searches in so many different places, even on the internet, it's very difficult to find this type of material. So I'm gonna ask you a specific question um, about how people are using the collection. So let's say you're me, and you want to look for information about early college radio clubs. Like, How would I go about looking for that in the DLARC collection?
2: The way to search for that or anything in DLARC is to go to the homepage of DLARC at archive.org details D-L-A-R-C. And once you're there, um, there's a search bar. And the, there's kind of two kind of searches. There's the the general metadata search, and you might search for college radio and see what you get. Um, and the more specific search is the search text contents button. You click that, and then it will search for any use of that phrase in anything. Of course, you're going to get a lot more, a lot more results that way. Um, so, if you were searching for a specific college radio. Station, um, you might enter its call sign and see what comes up. Do search text contents, and then you know if it was ever mentioned in a, a newsletter or or something. Then, then it'll it will come up um, for for podcasts and for like I said, newsletters or magazines are full text searchable. For podcasts, we recently just added um, full text transcription. So, if something is mentioned on Podcast, you should be able to to find it, you know, and say, "Oh, is that twenty minutes? You know, ten seconds on on this episode, that sort of
3: thing." Well, um, so that the- ex- that I just want to highlight how exciting that is for the producers of Radio Survivor <laughs> yes. because we always knew that the day would come where that service would be available to us without us having to pay the money that we knew people were charging for that service mm-hmm. seven years ago, and uh, how nice. Thank you, Internet Archive, for making the Radio Survivor podcast archives text searchable on archive.org. Very cool. You're welcome. Did did that answer your question, Jennifer?
0: Yeah, no, it did. And um, uh, I'm also thinking about, you know, Radio Survivor, now that Eric mentioned Radio Survivor and things that are digital to begin with, I know it can be incredibly complicated um, to find some things that were quote unquote born digital. So like you mentioned yeah. Usenet conversations. Um, and then I also think about communications people have today over social media and these closed platforms. Mm-hmm. How do we archive that into the future? And is that something that you're, um, how are you addressing that with DLARC? Maybe some of the very contemporary things happening with ham radio, amateur radio.
2: Some of the closed platforms, you're you're right. That's very difficult. Um, some of them don't want to be archived, and you know I try to get permission for everything. And sometimes I'll, I'll go to a group and say, "Hey, can I archive this?" Like, nope. You know, for for privacy or for this is for members only or whatever their their reason is, and that's fine. Um, if it's something like a Facebook group or something that I haven't even tried to attempt that, I, that seems that seems difficult. Um, And sometimes I will approach a group and ask them and they make it easy. They give me an RSS feed for a podcast, or uh, they just send me an FTP site or a a link or something. I can just download everything. Um, Sometimes it's difficult in that I have... The okay to do it, but they don't have an easy way for me to grab everything. And then it it's custom scripts. It's um, I'm writing Python code to 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 find material, download it, try to reintegrate the metadata, uh, and then upload it to Internet Archive. And um, it's really satisfying when it works, but it takes some time sometimes. I'm
4: curious. Do you have? Are there boundaries to what you want to bring in? And, uh, you know, um, uh, you know. Obviously, it has to be related to, to amateur to radios in some way, way, shape, or form. But are are you sort of utterly omnivorous? Are you willing to? Uh, can the project be very loose about sort of the limits of what you might want to include? How do you how do you make that kind of uh, essentially curatorial decision?
2: Well, the secret is they've given me very little guidance. They told me to do the job, and um, I get to do what I want. So, if I think, if I feel like it's appropriate or loosely appropriate, it goes in. Um, and so far, that's worked out fine. I haven't gotten in any any trouble with that. So, yeah, amateur amateur radio is easy. Um, uh, um, Shortwave radio, that's not much of a stretch. Pirate radio, I think it's interesting, it goes in. Uh, uh, numbers stations and, and radio weirdness, sure, absolutely love that. Um, I was re- recently approached by a, a college radio station that has some archives, but their their website's janky and the archives aren't good and they're just like, would you please download all this stuff and put it up in an archive? Uh, and I'm like, sure, I'll do that. It's it's not amateur radio, but it's not professional radio either. So I figure it's on the line. It's going in. Um, so they've given me very little guidance, and uh, I'm using that to my advantage.
0: So does that and, mean we can make requests? Because <laughs> as you're saying that, I'm thinking about things that I wish were archived.
3: Or or are you supposed to volunteer now to to help? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely take requests. I
2: uh, especially if, if you, I mean, if someone says, I would like this newsletter. Here's the person to contact. That makes my life super easy. And, and sometimes just like, oh, I heard about this thing. And that, sure, it goes on the list, and I, I yeah. do my best to,
3: to find it. Jennifer Waits, college radio expert, co-host of Radio Survivor. What is your request to Kay Savitz, who's the curator of the Digital Library of Amateur Radio Communications at archive.org? What's missing from your treasure hunt that, that you're hoping uh, will get archived there on that amazing website?
0: Uh, well, there's so many things that aren't digitized yet and aren't available in like full collections. And so one big thing for me is the Journal of College Radio, which was Mm. a publication that um, IBS put out, the Intercollegiate Broadcasting System. And so um, Mm. they did this magazine about college radio that had features on college radio stations. So the time frame was like 1960s, 1970s. Um, And there's amazing material in there, but I'm not aware of a full collection. You'd have to kind of
2: search Sometimes around I find it it's on it's on the list now jennifer the, um
0: <laughs> i feel heard
2: <laughs> I, 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 excuse me i've talked about digitizing books and 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 magazines and things um we, we can we can also we can digitize anything uh, uh you know audio tapes reel to reel uh mini disc you throw it at us and, and we you know someone has archives of something interesting Recorded in some weird format, it's really you know, not a big deal.
4: One of the things you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned newsletters, and then we also talked about Usenet. And people who don't know Usenet, it's a earlier internet protocol still in use, I guess, by some people. But it, for, but to basically run sorts of bulletin boards uh, that were that were globally accessible, something we kind of again take for granted today. And you know what occurs to me about these things, you know, a newsletter is the printed version of Of conversations, often right. So in a way, it's we we think of it as a newspaper of sorts, right? That maybe an amateur radio club in a particular area would talk about issues, share news, and they probably often, you know, might even share call signs and things as a directory to find one another. But they're also a place where actual discussions discussions take place, correct? I mean, where where you know they can't be as real time as they would be. Uh, on, on, say, today's social media, but where, you know, they might be discussing uh, important issues uh, 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 that they're facing maybe in regulation uh, in terms of how, because, you know, amateur radio is regulated by Mm -hmm. governments and by uh, international agreements. um, And and the FCC makes decisions that affect uh, hams all the time. Um, I can imagine that this can can sort of illustrate um you know what is often otherwise a hidden history right that that isn't documented in what you would see if you even looked up the the uh, official fcc proceeding or the international telecommunications union proceeding of 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 actually how uh hams uh, you know who are on the radio every day are reacting to this
2: the the conversations and the arguments paul they, they
4: I <laughs> yes can only imagine yes the contemporary the flay, are there, there flamores? are there trolls uh the, well, hidden in, in, the, these, the, in these just, archives th-
2: everyone has an opinion and and there's feels this is their hobby and they feel so strongly about it the, the the big one that pops to mind is in the very late 80s early 90s the FCC was talking about dropping the morse code requirement for the fc for for the ham radio license and mm. Oh, th- I tell you this this is going to ruin ham radio. We're going to let on all these 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 people who don't know how to properly use the equipment and blah, blah, blah. there were so many arguments and Neat. it's it's so it's pretty well documented in DLARC because we because of these usenet conversations. Um there were um, it, it 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 people had a lot of opinions and the FCC event did get rid of the the Morse code uh, requirement and it did not kill radio. In fact, it made it easier for people who were interested to get in without having to jump this enormous hurdle at the beginning. And it probably, I don't want to say saved it, but it probably went a long way to to uh, keeping uh, radio. Uh, relevant in a world of the internet and uh, more accessible to the youth. And sure, if you want to learn Morse code, you can do that. But it's not a hard and fast rule. But yes, the the uh, the contemporary arguments of and, and discussions of things are are fascinating.
4: The other word you you used earlier was pirate radio, Mm -hmm. which is which is uh, something we often uh, love to geek out about here at uh, at Radio Survivor. Yeah,
3: I was thinking that that actually like that might be Radio Survivor's uh, primary contribution to the archive is our conversations and interviews and coverage of the unlicensed. I'm sorry to steal your thunder, Paul, but we also call it unlicensed radio, uh, the pirate radio uh, world.
4: Yeah, and and so you have things about uh, folks who are using uh, the shortwave bands without without a license.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, yes. What's what's in there? What what? Because what, I mean, it's illicit, right? So the documentation is going to be much different than you know. I, I don't I don't suspect, or maybe they do have their own newsletters.
2: <laughs> I don't, um, th- there are a couple of newsletters about of uh about radio weirdness and they and there are some some logs glenn hauser has some some logs about some uh pirate radio and and shortwave listening logs and things um and there are a couple of books out there about pirate radio which uh which we have available for for lending um pirate radio is great and we there yeah it's not as easy quite as easy always to to uh to, to find it but when you do it's great there there are, there are um, uh, some shortwave uh some collections of shortwave recordings in D. Lark that have you know, pirate radio you can hear snippets of, of things some of them go back to the 1960s um and uh, you know there's some weird pirate radio in Argentina or, or whatever it was um and then of course there was a a, a big pirate radio, uh people uh boats being off off the 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 coast of of uh of england in you know when in the in the 50s when the bbc was the only thing to listen to but people wanted to hear rock and roll so you tune into the the pirate radio station that was offshore yeah
4: radio veronica and such yeah
2: yeah Um,
1: yeah that's
4: also one of my favorite
3: episodes you've reminded me that uh, we discussed um, cross-border Radio in in Ireland that was broadcasting into the UK to give them the rock music that the people oh, in the were 80s, clamoring yeah, for
4: when there yeah. was a, that little window of time when the the regulation didn't quite keep up with the technology. <laughs> yes, um, I mean it, it's it's fascinating, and in fact, I, 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 a few weeks ago I, I inadvertently found something um, in the D Lark uh, before I'd known of its existence formally before you had contacted us here at Radio Survivor, mm. uh, because I something uh, while surfing online reminded me of the shortwave station that had been active in the 90s, uh, a, a pirate station called Radio Metallica Worldwide. And it was fairly infamous at the time because they appeared to be using a significant degree of power such that I could pick up uh, on my relatively inexpensive analog radio shack shortwave receiver that I'd been gifted as as a child that I still had at the time um, and I which led me to recordings to, to air checks uh, that 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 folks had uploaded and and I listened to it and I said oh that's what I remember That's what I remember, Uh, you know, and and clear as a bell, too. And so very often, you know, with pirate shortwave broadcasts, they can be a little elusive because folks are not necessarily using very much power and they're trying at the same time to avoid detection or at least uh, being located. Uh, And you have to kind of, you know, squint with your ears within the static.
3: Yeah, not, not, not to mention that our tiny radios and their tiny little one foot metal antennas are not exactly not how you receive shortwave (laughs) the best way
4: and i was able to to confirm my memory because i unfortunately did not record record it when i heard it then but i have just such vivid memories and make sure that i'm not oh it's not a false memory or i wasn't Mm -hmm. you know making something up that that didn't happen and uh that's like oh Okay. And and I, you know, I often at this point include the Internet Archive in so many of my archival research regardless of what it is because it has turned in it, it is so omnivorous in its intake. Um but kind of because of that, you know, anyone who's looked at the Internet Archive, people often I think know of it because it's got the um, it's also got an archive of web pages, right? So people often use it, the Wayback Machine, as it's called, to see a web page that maybe is gone but was here you know, uh, 10, 10, 15 years ago. And anyone can make an account and upload things, right? And, 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 and people do often uh, you know, gigabytes and gigabytes of things that are in various degrees of organization. So what is the, you know, what is the value then of having this very specific section? Right, the, the way the way that you're setting it up because someone could say, well, if anyone you know, if anyone can just go upload things to the Internet Archive, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, isn't that isn't that just all we need? What is the what is the value that 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 this particular kind of collection is bringing?
2: Sure. Um, first of all, you mentioned the the Wayback Machine. M- many people. Who don't even know what the Internet Archive is know of the Wayback Machine? That right, some people right. think it is that is the Wayback Machine, and that is a big part of what Internet Archive does, but it's not the not the only thing.
3: It and really is an invention that that changed the world, and needed it needed to be created. And and the Internet Archive people that's a that's a whole other beautiful tale to tell one day is who invented the Wayback Machine? But I yeah, can get you a
2: hold of, of uh, Brewster. We, we'll make it happen.
3: Yeah, thanks. Okay. Um,
2: yes, anyone can upload anything to the Internet Archive. That is absolutely true, um, and people do upload all all manner of of, of things, um, from very useful to utterly bizarre. Uh, but the the I think the benefit of having a project like Digital Library of Amateur Radio Communications is twofold. One. Uh, it's curated in that I'm here finding the good stuff and filtering out the the not good stuff and the noise, the noise, right. And um, secondly, that I'm out there hunting for stuff because if you if you make the choice to upload your podcast, that's great. But most people, the vast majority of content creators don't make that choice, they don't know about it, uh, they don't have the time or whatever. So uh, I'm going out there and I'm finding this material that has sometimes never never been available online. And I'm taking the time to go, oh, here's here's this this Florida Skip newsletter or, or here's this podcast that literally published 10 episodes and then went away and is not available anymore Can I scrounge those episodes and make them available? So I think, I hope those are the the benefits that I'm providing, that this project is providing.
0: You you know, I'm,
1: oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm thinking
0: a lot about the intersections between things in the Wayback Machine and things in your archive that kind of, um, in your collection that sort of work together. Are you also taking a look at things that have previously been uploaded by people and adding tags so that they can, then be found within your collection? Because I would imagine that's the other problem is that people may upload things, but then not have tags on them that would allow researchers, interested parties to find them easily.
2: Yes. I look for things that other people have uploaded. I add the metadata. I put them into DLARC. I I can't do everything. I I need to keep internet archives lawyers happy. So if, if someone uploads certain material that is not, you know, we don't feel like it's, it's cleared, we don't own it, then, then, um, we don't have permission for it. Then sometimes I have to pass by it, but I'm trying to try to get as in as as much material as we can.
4: How do you go about trying to find things? I mean, how do you, you know, what, what is that detective work to? That's
2: the, that's the fun part. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Like, so (laughs) reveal some secrets.
2: Well, I, I have this, this list of ideas of things that I want. For instance, I uh, the journal of college radio is, is I hear is very good. Um, and, uh, the, the tr- trying to find it, I mean, it's, it's basic internet research and, and talking to to libraries, uh, checking eBay, um, mm-hmm. uh, use bookstores, that sort of thing. Uh, so you and, have
4: a budget to, to acquire some things as
2: well. Yeah. We have a budget for digitization. We have a budget to, to acquire material. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, um, this this grant is is covering all of that. So so yeah, I, I try to I, I, you know do the internet research, try to try to find it. Um, try to find, you know sometimes just knowing it exists is not good enough because, oh yeah, you know, there it is in the in the in the library database, but nobody has a copy or or no one will sell us or lend us a copy. Um, some, some of these things are very, very rare. Um, in which case, it stays on the list, and you know, keep keep doing the work. Some some of the stuff comes in is absolutely random. I have gotten several calls now from people who are just like, "Hey, my dad, my grandpa, my grandma died. They were a ham radio operator. They have bookshelves. They had filing cabinets filled with material. What should I do with it? I'm just send it. Send it all in, mm-hmm. and they send it all to our our scanning center in in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we scan it all. And hmm. I'm surprised as anybody when it shows up and I go, wow, you know, we got these, these, these manuals for these radios from whatever the 1940s and 1970s. Um, and now they're digitized and then the internet archive retains them. We, we, we keep them, we put them in storage. And so, uh,
4: so you keep the physical materials in addition yes. to, to uh, the digital. Archives. Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. Do you have a white whale? is there something that that's on your wish list that you, that 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 is that is eluding you as of yet
2: um there are a few things I, I don't think i'm prepared to to answer that question but i i do have a i do have a want list i've been meaning to to put online um but th- there there are i believe it's called um one of the things i i want is called uh 220 notes it was a periodical for aficionados of the two hundred and twenty-two megahertz band, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was a beloved newsletter. And nobody—I I actually have, you know, permission to put it online, but no one has the the uh, copies of it um, that uh, I found. What's the era? Yet.
4: When was when was it from? Um, eighty
2: one to ninety four, okay. I think. I just curious. Um. Yeah, um, there uh, there was a a great uh, uh, show called the Rain Report Radio Amateur Information and News uh, was published by uh, Hap Holly. He's a, he's a blind ham and he's been doing interviews and contemporary reports uh, about from 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 the eighties until today. He's still doing it, mm-hmm. um, and he digitized everything he had um, except. He was unable to find the years nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety eight and two thousand. So we have this, this like very complete archive except for right. certain things, and that's 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 frustrating. Um, there there was, there was a, a, a famous um, ham radio operator and magazine publisher called uh, named Wayne Green. He published seventy three magazine. He before he died, he he donated a complete set of his magazine to Internet Archives. Like, please put it online. They're available free and clear. Um, and and someone, m- maybe his his ex wife, uh, published a uh, a book about him that's could only be described as a hit piece um, <laughs> called uh, called Sea Wayne Run. Run, Wayne, run! And um,
4: <laughs> wow, uh, that, that's probably real, my white—my white whale. Like it's—it's it's, uh, this. That's like a TMZ of uh, of ham radio here,
2: <laughs> right? Um, and that's—it's like a seventy-page self-published book, and I, I really want to find a copy of that.
4: That's probably the <laughs> wow—the the whitest of the white whales. Wow, maybe and, some and,
3: things are better
4: left <laughs> undiscovered. Uh, Matthew, I, Matthew, I know you you had a question. I, I didn't want to jump in front of you here.
1: Oh, that's okay. I just was going through. I just wanted to say, or or pro, you know, promote this not just to historians of radio, but historians in general. I just typed in "war," for example, and I got this um, entry: Israel Radio and Radio Cairo, nineteen seventy-three, Yom Kippur War. These recordings of Israel radio and Radio Cairo were made during the 1973 Yom Kippur War. A lot of history here. You hear a newscast from Jerusalem, mentions of King Hussein, President Nixon, and others. This is the time when shortwave radio could actually bring you information that was not immediately available as it is today in 2014 via the internet and news alerts. That's when this thing was cataloged by somebody. Um, I think that unfortunately and for better and for worse radio and war are very tightly intertwined Mm -hmm. subjects and um and i really think that this is a very invaluable collection not just for historians of radio of course historians of radio are very important i'm i'm a historian of radio for better or worse um but um for uh for historians of other subjects particularly um international communication so um i would uh, encourage you to catalog these things as much as you can um, for historians of war, because I think that there's a lot of material here that's really very valuable.
3: Yeah. I want to echo Matthew, your point is that uh, what I've learned from you and other people that we've talked to on radio survivor over the years is that historians and history was a, was for so many centuries about the written word that the, the discipline, the profession, the, the, The work that historians do is still catching up to the idea that there's a hundred years of of broadcast history to to look to, to to understand, to understand the past. And what's incredible about radio that I've learned again from our guests on Radio Survivor is that radio is the first first draft of history because it's even more immediate than the written word. It's, It's people speaking in the microphones. Uh, mm. often and sometimes it's written and they read it out loud but also uh sometimes when it's very special it's the it's the original thought it's the first time someone has thought something and right. spoken it aloud that's 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 what gets broadcast into microphones and so it's an incredible resource and and not all um yeah not all people who are doing research work maybe are thinking about uh hunting down these archives because they're difficult and they weren't part of the um weren't part of the of the cannon right
2: and uh, yeah when you when you can hear the bombs going off in the background or or the 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 dirigible exploding and and here in in real time people's reactions it's not like oh I've calmed down and I've 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 written a news piece you know an hour later it's just like yeah you're right absolutely
4: and case Abbotts you are are you a ham are you an am. amateur radio operator? I
2: am a ham radio operator. Got my ticket in 1989.
4: And so, how did you come to be the curator here uh, of the uh, Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications at the Internet Archive?
2: Um, I as a hobby, I spent. I have. I still spend. I spent a lot of years, and I still do it. Um, archiving. Information, doing interviews and things about the early microcomputer revolution, specifically mm-hmm. Atari computers. That's my thing, and I've done hundreds of interviews uh, with people who did things with Atari computers, programmers or managers at the at the company, and and, uh, and that sort of thing, and. As part of that is archiving because I talk to people. I'm like, "Hey, what do you have? You know, that from back in the day." And they've got you know catalogs, they've got source code, they've got uh, all material, and that is how I learned to do this job. Mm-hmm. Um, getting getting material scanned, getting it uploaded to Internet Archive, learning the the metadata tricks, learning to use all the tools. Um, so when I found out that there was a the the this this position was available to to do this for ham radio it, it's the it's the same job it's the same i, I knew i knew how, i had the skills i had i had taught myself the skills so um and it seemed it seemed like it would be fun and it is i was right
0: it sounds like a dream job for you um and you've been kind of talking about this but maybe talk more about what you love about curating this type of material about amateur radio
2: the, what I love about it is um, the first of all, the community is great. The, the, these are people doing something that they they love to do, they want to share it's a it's a it's a it's a vibrant and giving community and so that makes it easy. Um, it makes it enjoyable. you know I'm not talking to people who are sharing information they don't want to share, you know um, also, because the ham, because the ham radio uh, is, you need a license to do it. Um, it's very easy to find people with. When I'm trying to find people who who did things with Atari computers in the 1970s, and their name is like Matt Smith or something, it's just like, oh goodness, you know. Uh, there's, I find them, but it takes time. But with ham radio operators, you can literally look up their name and address in the database, and it's, it's easy. Um, it, I. I uh, I enjoy the technology. I enjoy talking to people about the technology and seeing all the. They say that they say that amateur radio is is a thousand hobbies. It, it and you can you can pick the thing you're interested in. Or oh, you want to bounce signals off the moon? Sure. Do you want to do you know FT8 for for high noise communications? Sure, you can do that. You want to do Morse code like an old timey guy? Sure, you can do that too. So um, it's. It, it's it's very broad and uh I I enjoy that it's uh it's a it's a big broad field with uh, opportunities
3: yeah I mean that reminds me of uh, what we've discovered through the work of producing the radio show radio survivors that uh it casts a wide net around around the whole world and there's always another there's always another person or or uh, area of study that we hadn't thought of yet that that you know comes under the big tent of radio um it's it's been around and a lot of people have been using it to do a lot of uh, different creative things
4: and and so do you monitor things that are also being uploaded by users do you look you know mm-hmm. do you look do some of your discovery in the archive itself since you know again as we've noted before sort of anyone can upload materials to the Internet Archive. Do you go spelunking within within those coffers to see if there are things that uh, you could add more organization and maybe metadata to 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 add to the to to DLARC?
2: Yes, um, I, I have a couple of scripts that run every night that search for what what new things were uploaded that have certain keywords like radio and I check them out and see if they are relevant to what I'm doing. Um, and in the the greater Internet Archive scope, you know, my my uh, colleague Jason does that for everything
4: else. I, I do it for radio. He does it for everything else and tries to. You're talking about Jason Scott, who is Jason who's Scott, so, who's yeah, somewhat well known archiver of many things, digital and computers and 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 such. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I have a, so if people want, we've been talking about some of these things that you hope to find. If people want to contribute, what's the best way to reach out to you or to find um, the collection for DLARC?
2: Sure. Um, to find the collection, go to archive.org slash details slash DLARC. You can, that's the homepage. You can find it. You can start browse around, search around, see see what's there that, that interests you. If you have material that you want to uh Contribute. There's kind of two aspects of that. One is is if you created something that has to do with radio, you uh, you created a a podcast, a newsletter, a book, a whatever that that you want to make available to the world in this library. Reach out to me and we can make it happen. That's that's uh, easy. Or if you have a a website or something you want to make sure is uh, the material is is archived, easy. Uh, The the second aspect is if you just have material. That you you haven't created, but you want to donate to the Internet Archive, for instance, the the bookshelves of of uh, you know grandma grandma's bookshelves of of, of radio books, um, you can mm-hmm. donate them to us, and we will find the what we need and and scan it, get it online, or scan it or digitize it if it's you know audio tape or or whatever. And I guess lastly, if none of that. Uh, uh, applies to you, but the, the project still appeals to you, you can go to archive.org slash donate and send uh, send money to Internet Archive. It's a nonprofit.
0: Is there anything you don't want? Because <laughs> I'm thinking about your curatorial decisions. Like, are there things you've decided that you do not want in DLARC?
2: Um, there's nothing I don't want, but there's there's plenty of material that I are we already have. Um, you know we have a complete run of this magazine of for instance 73 magazine uh the Greens magazine we have a complete run and if someone offered to donate it I would have to say no thank you for instance because I it's digitized I don't need another copy so there's there's plenty of that but there's also plenty of oddball stuff that and and some mainstream stuff that 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 we don't have yet
4: and by oddball. What do you what do you consider oddball? <laughs>
2: uh, um, you've met radio people, right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> just a few, just a few.
1: They're all oddball. Yeah,
2: they're all oddballs. I I, I just mean um, uh, by oddball, I guess I meant uh uh, self published material or or low, stuff that that wasn't you know put out by a by a a, a big publishing company or and there's a there's a million copies of ham radio for dummies or something
4: so amateur like things about amateur radio yes, right? yes yeah exactly. amateur if you will um right and, and, and because i think that it is my perception that um the hobby which is you know well organized right in, in a way right uh seem to inspire a lot of you know i guess Harnessing the power of radio to communicate across borders, across the world, um, is powerful, right? And and it seems to inspire many participants to sort of recognize or or be willing to 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 seize that voice, right? And to to take that initiative to to create newsletters, to create publications, right? And to you know, and not wait around. or not even feel that they needed to wait around for a more legitimate source, a legitimate publisher or something to to take notice, but to simply say, well, I have proven that that we can do this. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to make, I'm going to Mm -hmm. make this thing happen. Right. Which is always an impulse that I think we celebrate here at radio survivor. And we have to remind ourselves was uh, more painstaking, more expensive in the time before we had relatively easy access and mm-hmm. expensive access to the internet when one might have to use the mails find a way to get something photocopied but prior to the invention of the photocopier you know printed in some way shape or form or sure. you know duplicated it's there's a there's a lot uh, a lot of effort that that would have to have been put in there and i guess in, in, in a way uh, archiving it, digitizing it, curating and archiving it is is respecting respecting those efforts past.
2: Absolutely, you said it better than than I could. Uh, Ham radio is is the original maker community, it really is. Sure. And, yeah. and if you're making a radio, sure you're going to make a a newsletter or a samizdat uh, publication that you did on your your photocopier um, about it. And I'm trying to find it all.
0: We probably need to send you our radio survivor zine now that you're saying that.
2: Yes, please.
0: <laughs> Very limited. Um, well, any closing words, Kay Savitz, You are the curator of the Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications. Any closing thoughts on why this is so important?
2: Um, I, I, my closing thoughts are: I want people to to check out the the, the library uh, at archive.org/details/dlarc uh, and see for yourself some of the fascinating history of radio. And if someone has something they want to donate, please reach out to me at k at kay.archive.org, kay. archive.org.
3: Very wonderful. Thank you. Well, we'll, we'll we're going to continue the conversation uh, a little bit longer out on the podcast, but if you are listening over the radio airwaves, that concludes today's episode, but I'm going to, I want to ask the first question about podcasting and it's, it's a silly, silly question. Um, and it's, uh, it occurs to me that the most important thing to archive that's impossible to archive is like uh, physical technology, the, the radios, the microphones, the that's, um, that's a limit to what I am able to yeah. do.
2: Um, I, I do, I archive the, the manuals. I archive the schematics, uh, but the, 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 the physical items Along in a museum somewhere and that's not something that the internet archive is is set up to to handle
1: do yeah. you still do you still hold lot of them somewhere because we we occasionally get um sound boards and things like that people send us technical equipment to our our office here in san francisco and uh, i don't don't really quite know what to do with it
2: um if things are showing i'm in portland if things are showing up in the archive offices unsolicited in san francisco i don't Know about it? It's not my problem. (laughs) So there, there is a little. uh, They do have a little museum there. It's a a couple of rooms of 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 history of of various internet archive things and old old servers and 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 digitization equipment. You know uh, from bygone eras and that sort of thing. So I think if someone sent an old radio, it would probably end up there. Um,
0: There's also um, California Historical Radio Society, and mm -hmm. if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they, ex- I assume they s- accept donations of radios because they do a big fundraising auction every year where members of the group refurbish the material. So there are probably a lot of groups like that. I have a I'm question a- though.
3: Oh, go please. Ahead.
0: Oh, I have a question about amateur television because I noticed right. that that was also something that's included in this collection and I really don't know anything about amateur television. So I wanted to ask... How much of that material is in the DLARC collection, and what is it?
2: Um Yeah, there is quite a bit. We didn't talk about that before, but um, amateur television is kind of a subset, oddly a subset of amateur radio, because they, you take the TV signal, you squash it down to a, a signal just like radio, and you,
4: you shoot it out. And wow, you so know, it's not
3: the, this is not public access television. This is this is
4: amateurly. Uh, is this is this the same as slow scan TV?
2: Th- there there are two as i understand it there are there are two aspects of, of amateur television one is slow scan tv which is uh sending an image like a, a still image over the radio and it might take don't quote me on this but it might take 45 seconds to send an image Dictracy. and at the end, a frame
4: yeah a crazy
2: fax machine get a, yeah it's like it's a fact it's exactly it's a fax machine and at the end depending on the, the noise in the, in the air that day, you might end up with a glitchy image of whatever the the frame. Um, and then there's fast scan, which is television. It, it it more like, not like today's high definition digital TV, but more like, like, uh, the, the TV from 20 years ago. Um, and And
0: who, yeah. Who does this? (laughs) Yeah. Analog
2: nerds. Nerds do it. Right. Well, and and like, it,
4: but but it's not broadcast, right? I mean, you're not supposed to use it for broadcast purposes. So, so there's no one just.
2: It's low. No, it, it, you know, it's not like, you know, here, here's today's news or, or a yeah. sitcom or something. It's, it's not broadcast. It's just people fooling around.
1: So there's no crossover from the old 60s era ultra high frequency TV and all of that that stuff, that experiment that happened. Um, I'm not sure I know what you mean. You remember yeah. there was t- you got a TV set and then and then the FCC required all of these higher frequencies and there was a separate there was a separate mm. um, yeah, you um, HF, uh
4: UHF channels 13 eventually was through 83 I think but Yeah, we
1: it was just some, right. some of the, it, it was, some, it, of the it,
2: sta- some of the some of the the frequencies are um I've never done this but it's just based on what I've read in DLARC. Uh so, some of them the frequencies you you can watch on an old TV if you tu- tune it to a certain channel channel six yeah. or something they 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 intersect with what is uh legal to transmit in the United States an amateur radio so you can just literally
3: turn on a television to a certain channel and and watch it if you have an analog TV if you have I have an analog I know TV. that uh old Nintendo entertainment systems the original NES Nintendos uh are broadcasting a weak analog TV signal that's how they can they, you can connect them I've been told by YouTubers that thing. Yeah,
4: I mean every every video game system every home yeah. computer until uh you know through the 80s uh
3: they had a wireless had a, analog I
1: wonder well, if they were
3: if was wireless <laughs> they,
4: they yeah. was, it, was it more of a no, leak this, or a
3: <laughs> no this is the NES was a had a wireless capability that you, you could broadcast it to the nearby Well it, it antenna. didn't
4: no it didn't quite have a capability it it had a a fairly strong uh modulator that if you fashioned an antenna to it, essentially became a transmitter. Neat. Uh, but but that's, yeah, that was a capacity built in because in the 80s, it, well into the 90s and certainly in the 70s, televisions only had an input for an antenna. So if you wanted to uh, put a signal into your television, it had to be modulated as a RF signal. Um, and so you could, and I played with this as a kid, you could fashion an, an amplifier onto your uh, onto your atari or your vcr and turn it into a tiny television station so fun we're this a is make, topic now
0: well it's making me think about artists um because i would imagine that there are artists who use amateur television yeah. amateur radio is that something that you've um is that a subset of the collection at d lark um is artist uses how artists have used or um or materials related to the art community and amateur radio
2: I would like more of that for sure um, I'm interested in it I I have reached out to one artist in particular who has done art over the radio and I'm trying to get that archive she she is interested but we're just trying to figure out like how to do it um, what you know recordings and she she has log uh, books from people around the world who say they you know they've they've heard, they checked in to say they could hear, hear the art. I, I, I want to hear that. I want to get the actual you know, audio recordings. Um, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head, but I I love that idea of the intersection of art and radio. And I want to find more of that.
0: Like, yeah, that goes on my list
2: too. That's on my list under now under journal of college radio.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on the board of wave farm and they're also um, a radio survivor affiliate and they're, you know, a large part of what they're into is transmission art. And so I feel like that's also, that also seems really connected with um, with this collection. So anything that can be transmitted, you know, and hmm. that can include baby monitors, that could include, right. um, you know, things like your ring doorbell. So
3: I, I I'm going to want to talk to you about Wave Farm <laughs> later. Um, yeah, and I mean, we could start name-dropping name dropping the uh the artist
1: that we've had on radio Survivor that <laughs> I
0: been. know Amanda this, Don Christie
1: <laughs> this thing has a part 15 radio on it I just want to <gasps> Matthew was uh, like was, was holding up a big yeah. rubber spider uh, just oh my just God. <laughs> no it, it, what part what 15
4: radio in your spider
1: yes that's right
4: I th- I believe you wrote about it at radio Survivor yes it's not- a
1: long long time you- ago I wrote about I wrote about, uh, yes, that little Part 15 radio it's transmitter. Our, our text archive. Yeah, if you, it it um, used to be if you clapped at it, it would start crawling around and things like that. Nice. Nice.
4: So many transmitters everywhere. I wonder, uh, yeah. uh, Kay, are you aware of the shortwave report?
2: Yes. Okay. I am aware of the shortwave report. Yeah. Yes.
4: So for folks who aren't aware, it is a long-running um, audio series uh, where somebody – week after week, compiles shortwave radio news broadcasts specifically into a digest uh, under the idea that there are things still being broadcast internationally on the shortwave band uh, that are, that are valuable for people to hear. Much of it is of course available on the internet these days, but to kind of digest it. So you get other perspectives, right? Uh, perspectives outside of your, uh, dominant, uh, radio or television news media where you are. Um, and he's been, he's been doing it for, uh, decades uh, I yeah. believe. And, and Dan and Roberts. Bit, Dan Roberts. That's correct. Um, you know, and, and I know that community radio stations pick it up and, and rebroadcast it. Um, and and it is now uh, is available as a podcast feed. Uh, but it would seem like something interesting for the uh, for D. Lark to have. Um, it's a really in interesting. Sh- as well,
0: yeah, that's an interesting show. I listen to it um, on the radio when I'm in mm-hmm. Mendocino County on his home station on KZYX. Wow.
3: Mm, KZYX. And,
0: I, and I've heard him do some other shows there too, not related to shortwave, which is kind of surreal because I associate his voice with the shortwave report. <laughs> um,
4: yeah, I yeah. believe I talked to him the first time uh, in, a, in somewhere in the uh, early 2000s. Right.
0: Amazing.
4: Sounds like,
3: uh, Kay, you should also be aware of Paul's uh, first show, uh, Media Geek, which are probably, did you get them on archive.org already, Paul?
4: Uh, I, so, uh, I have some of it, uh, it, it was distributed as a podcast, but there's been some link rot in the, uh, intervening. Yes, I, I began it in yeah. 2002. Uh, so I've gone back, uh, over time and started to restore things from my, cause I've kept good archives. So I pretty much have an archive of everything in some format,
3: mini discs,
4: uh, mini discs, Excellent. CDRs, et cetera. Um, it was the program about grassroots communication, a little bit like Radio Survivor uh, in some ways for me, at least a spiritual predecessor. Um, I talked to a lot of radio pirates <laughs> nice. at yeah. the time, and, um, and this would have been this would have been in the in the shadow of the creation of low power FM. Yeah. Uh, and so, prior, also
3: we call it Midwest, a r- Midwest Midwest nineties vibe. Yeah, I'm yes, definitely
4: Midwest nineties because <laughs> I was based in Champaign Urbana Illinois, and this is this is
3: called Media Geek.
4: Media geek, yes, I
2: must have it now, Paul. It <laughs> okay,
4: well, it is. Uh, luckily, uh, some of it is there. Some of it is in. Um, at one point, Jason Scott decided he was going to try to download all the podcasts, mm-hmm. and uh, it got caught up in that <laughs> <laughs> effort. Some of the, some of the older stuff, but then I've also um, uh, again made made an effort to uh, myself to put some things uh, online. Uh, bit I by see. Bit.
0: Uh, yeah, I see that you've been posting good. on Media Geek this year.
4: I have not. Someone else did that.
0: Oh, okay. some speaking <laughs> some <vegan laughs>
4: no, on, on the website? You mean on the on website? The web-
0: on the website? Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize yeah, yeah, you were yeah, keeping yeah. it up. That's great. Uh,
4: yeah, yeah, not yeah. My night. personal blog, but then there's radio.mediageek.net, uh, which is the uh, show. I'll put in a chat here uh, about where I I've uh, I'll put things into the. Um, into The other the, uh, internet archive under my. The own other auspices. funny thing,
3: Kay, is I was just very recently at a local estate sale mm-hmm. before we had met, and it was a radio, anorak is what we learned the UKers called them. Uh, they probably don't want to be called UKers. Uh, it was a radio nerds estate sale, and I didn't know oh, who goodness. to call. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. I. I don't, I think I didn't even have my phone on me at the time. So I didn't blast Jennifer and Paul with the contents of this man's house. Uh, Transcription discs. I can show you over the uh, video here, all the things I purchased from this man's estate sale. But, um, you know, that was in the past, but I would have liked to, uh, get it all donated to somebody appropriate. So funny. So is that, um, what what do you what do you do with these estate sales in the world? Okay. Um I, I do you travel
2: around hunting I, them down? No, that involves putting on pants and getting on an airplane and yeah, who who needs that? But I I do <laughs> <laughs> I do I do reach out to people um and when I can and and say uh, hey if if you're if you're done with this material do you want to donate it? Uh, there's a there's a a radio business that sells manuals and things that that has been in business for like 50 years. And he's a, the, the guy who's running it has announced that he's going to retire soon. And so I wrote to him like, "Hey, whatever you don't sell, we'll take one of every manu- manual if you want to donate them." And um, so we do things like that. The I have a, a Google news alert for amateur radio and ham radio, and some of what I get is obituaries. You know, uh, you know, right. Bernard so and so died. He was ninety years old. He loved ham radio. It, it, it honestly, I, I've thought about trying to contact the families, but that just seems too morbid and too ambulance chasey to me. Yeah,
3: well, I'll keep you. I'll keep you in mind because because it, it's been four times in my life that I've probably found materials. <laughs> For you and didn't know what to do with them, mm-hmm. uh. Because I keep, uh, if there is fate, if there is a god of radio, he 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 keeps he keeps connecting you with the with the <laughs> old men who are who are who have interesting collections. This I'm gonna hold up to the camera, the book that I bought from oh, the, wow. the state sale. I'm referencing it's the boy's second book of radio and electronics. Amazing by Alfred Morgan. And what did I? You know, I paid like seven bucks for this, uh, 1957 kids' book about making radio.
0: So that's the kind of material that the California Historical Radio Society, they have a library of books like that. Even, um, I think even fiction books that have a radio theme. So I would imagine in various parts of the country you have societies like that. But I feel like there needs to be a way for people at large to know if you have a family member that has a collection or something historically interesting I don't, not everybody has the wherewithal to do the research. There were, you know, in San Francisco, not all that long ago, these photos ended up like in this um, vintage cabinet. They were just placed out on the street. And luckily mm. somebody with an archivist sensibility grabbed one of them. But there are some that are missing. Like who knows mm. where they went? They could have just ended up being picked up by the trash haulers. So how do you prevent that from happening? I know none of <laughs> you have the answer to that, but you don't. Stay
3: yeah, vigilant. You, yeah. It, Stay vigilant. Uh, how funny. Yeah. No. It,
2: it, it stuff. Some stuff is going to be lost. It's already lost forever. Part of the the frustrating part of this, this job is is knowing that something existed and now it doesn't, and oh, goodbye, it's man. probably gone forever. And and if it's not, it's in some person's basement or attic, and maybe it will surface. Or maybe it'll get hauled off in the when they clean out the house and and uh, you, you can't
3: it's not like Pokemon you can't catch them all yeah the other the other estate sale I went to out in Gresham was a um, an army veteran who learned radio and uh, I don't know if he had any materials for you so we're fine but I ended up with his uh uh, uh what is it it's the uh... You know, it came in a kit it's the audio generator it's a tone generator mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that does that sends out sine waves on on his and i mean he literally had the physical radio from you know uh that he used as a ham that was uh or that he had used when he was in the service wow. that that you don't need uh, no at archive.org no. but it was really impressive there's a there's a museum in the in that's on YouTube and in the United Kingdom that I love called "This Museum Is Not Obsolete," <laughs> and they would um, they would take all these radios uh, if you can get them there. Nice. Anyway, the other thing I got from that guy's estate sale, uh, not the one in Gresham, the one that was only a couple blocks away from my house, is this uh, Bell Labs voice synthesis kit mm, that I'm, that I, I'm looking mm-hmm. at. That's that's too far away for me to grab and hold up to the camera. But it's a uh, really interesting. Uh, I, like I'm, I'm familiar with it. Boy. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: it's a it's very cool. It well, just like, next- it does these little phonemes, and and you can
3: put phonemes together and make it say hello. Maybe if you're lucky, <laughs> I'm gonna do it someday, okay. and uh, I'll probably have to replace a few of the capacitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that uh, we had called it at twelve thirty, and uh, I hope that we can talk soon about uh, your love of Atari.
2: <laughs> sure, absolutely, and, and thank you all for the the the. I now have a list of of things to research and look up. I got college radio and Wave Farm and Shortwave Report, which I've heard about but never. I don't know, didn't get on my list. And in, in Media Geek, and and I've uh, you've given me a a couple weeks worth of uh, of, <laughs> of fun and archiving here. So
0: thank you. you. You're talking to either the right people or the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: depends on the perfect on what else people you had planned today. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna send I'm going send you something else. Well I'll, I'll say it right now. Xide magazine. Spell it e, it was a battery company.
2: Okay.
0: E X I D E. There's an issue in the 1920s that I would love to find. I okay. even reached out to the company as they were changing hands and they didn't they couldn't find anything.
4: And yeah, the so, company still exists.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, well I, they, they exist and they were kind of acquired by somebody else around the right. time I was searching for information so I reached out to them and they did a somebody did a rudimentary search and didn't have what I was looking for
2: yeah yeah some of the companies get bought and and the material goes away or they don't have an archivist they don't have a librarian um, uh, there, there was a oh what's the one the Swedish Swedish radio had a a, 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 a show about radio f- that was on for 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 yes. forty years or something, and they had them on their website, and then now they don't. And I've reached out to them. I've talked to their webmaster. I've talked to the producers, and they're just like, nah, I can't get any more." Uh, and and if they have it available, they're they're they don't want it available. It's there. It's theirs. You know, they they don't want to make it available at at Internet Archive, but like, but they're not making it available either. So um hmm. it's it's so frustrating.
3: Mm, the life of an archivist, the yes. lonely life of a devil. <laughs> so it's, lonely.
0: It sounds so fun, though. Thank you so much, Kay Savitz. And, and hopefully, you'll be hearing from some of our listeners yeah. about their collections and ideas as well.
2: I appreciate that. Um, you can find me uh, at kkay at archive.org. And you can find the library at uh, archive.org slash details slash D-L-A-R-C.
3: I have to thank you. I have to unburden myself of one more secret. When I was a free speech radio news's tech producer, I knew that we needed to archive everything at archive.org. And I reached out to Jason Scott. I'm sure it was Jason Scott. And he he gave me the rundown of how to go about doing it. And it was essentially what appeared to be 12 minutes of work a day. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't I couldn't handle it because mm-hmm. cause Free Speech Radio News was underpaying us and burning us out desperately at the time i felt personally responsible that i didn't do it and Mm. now i'm a little more generous with young me i know that i was just way too uh uh overworked to pull it off but those those episodes i mean they're they're not lost but the archive that we could have built at archive.org uh did not get built and i regret it do you know
4: about do you know about radio for all i don't think so no radio the number four
2: mm-hmm. we've also done an all, episode about
4: with them dot net so this was and is a really kind of indie media style independent community radio style radio archive that goes back 20 years i think now um and right it's like the old I know the report is certainly there but um I, I wonder there's probably free speech radio news in there eric uh oh, of course
3: and the all of the fsrns archived on uh kpfa's yeah website and a lot of it you know what we really lost was just the perfect metadata
4: oh sure you know right. every yeah,
3: absolutely every episodes reporter and there's their log right. line every week and it was all so searchable and easy to locate, and we had such a beautiful 2002 See, website.
4: Now, 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 you can now mine our <laughs> memories here, can right. any of I, us who've been sort of plundering around in these depths for the last yeah. 25 years?
2: And the loss of the metadata is annoying and yes, d- disappointing. But it can with with the the full text searching and Whisper AI and stuff. It, sure. it can kind matter. of be rebuilt. You
3: know, I'm just mad that we had stronger faster. We had members of the collective who in 2009 were shitting all over the 2002 aesthetic of our website and they broke it building us a very 2009 website that didn't work as well and mm-hmm. but looked like 2009 and our 2002 website was was so so functional so mm-hmm. perfect such a workhorse
2: is it in the uh, wayback
3: machine pieces of it yeah. fragments of it but yeah. you know like the searchability like I had a colleague, uh, seventeen years ago, just complaining that they like they used to be able to find any story they filed. Uh, you know, the problem gets solved in the future, as you said, but they needed useful search in, in twenty ten and didn't have it. It's yeah. just funny.
4: My poor, uh, I'm sorry, I'm so tweaked now. Uh, okay, uh, do you know you know about the international radio report? Yes. Okay, on on CKUT. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, love I'm it. Glad. Glad you know about that. <laughs>
0: Our minds are swirling. Yeah, yeah
4: no, I really we'll no, 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 think we have a, all this stuff.
2: I think we have international radio report um, archived. Oh,
0: that's I'm,
4: great. Great.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, we're talking about things like AI. I'm I'm in the depths of of doing some research right now, where I'm looking through some photos that I took of old student newspapers mm-hmm. and articles, mm-hmm. and I have them in my Google Drive, and along with other things that are text and i t- i typed in a search term and it actually brought up some of my photos of articles that mentioned that term mm. which was like amazing and also scary but right. but more amazing because it was super helpful so it's scary it, it's,
2: scary if it's not helpful it's amazing if it's helpful
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's sort of a game changer right. because i have you know a lot of stuff where i've just taken photos and it's not organized by the content of the articles in the photos um so i mean it's incredible to think about collections like d lark and things on the internet archive that you know it's with with the text of our radio survivor shows getting included it's just going to get easier and easier for people to find things so i'm as a researcher i'm super excited
2: yeah, uh, Internet Archive is using, starting to use, uh, uh, Chat GPT at scale, uh, using the API, mm-hmm. and just literally throwing it. You know, here here are thousands of scans of of some serial from off microfiche or, or something. You know, uh, find the table of contents in every issue, summarize. You know, the, the, give me give me a list of the articles and the the authors and put that into the metadata and it's right most of the time and Eat. and uh, it would not be possible we don't with the staff to do that you know by hand so pretty amazing
3: very cool well it's yeah. wonderful to meet you I hope that we can continue nice you uh, especially I don't know uh, I don't know next time I'm at an estate sale I'm just gonna I'll call you. Great. Do it. <laughs> Appreciate that.
4: Wonderful. It's great to meet you. Look forward to to uh, chatting again.
2: Thank you. This has been a pleasure. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you.